0: Before we get really started, uh, it is one of my beautiful roommates' birthday today, Luke George sitting in the middle. Everyone look at Luke. Make eye contact with him, make him feel awkward. Now, you know what comes next? One, two, three. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. To you. Happy <laughs> birthday. <laughs> To you, <laughs> happy birthday, dear Luke. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. <clears throat> right. man, Luke. Would you believe it? Turning 14 tonight. Man, it's a big <laughs> night. Uh, <laughs> uh Okay. Uh, I just had to do that. Uh, let's pray real quick, and let's, let's jump into God's word. Father, uh, thank you um, for just our ability to, to gather together as, as friends, as brothers and sisters in, in your family, as, as um, just, just guests and people that we're so glad are here and are welcome. Uh, thank you just that we honestly get the, the chance to do this um, have so much fun together to to share in each other's joy. Um, I'm grateful for each and every person that you brought here tonight. Um, Pray now as we spend time hearing from your word, uh, reading this this letter to the Thessalonians from Paul, um, just pray that uh, you are working on our hearts and and you're softening them and and having us open to what you have for us to to be changed to become uh a imitator of you to be modeled after you so that we could be an example to others i pray that 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 message is uh what sticks tonight and and we see what we need to do to to follow you in that thank you so much god praise things your name amen uh we can go ahead throw up that first photo that first slide uh I am a freaking cute kid, aren't I? Oh my gosh, yes. That is like my best childhood photo, by the way. And I'm a cuter kid than Zach Denham. I mean, he was that age. We had an argument about this yesterday. But... uh, the other person in that photo, not me. I'm the, the less important person in this story. Uh, that is my friend Mo or Morgan. Uh, he has his family has been best friends with my parents for a long time. Uh, I always joke Mo knew me before I was born. Um, he, I mean, literally from from the moment, the first moments I can remember, I've spent uh, time with Mo, vacations, uh, so many road trips with the Smith family. Oh my goodness. Uh, there's one road trip. I was probably only a year or two older than when that, that first photo was, was taken. And uh, we're driving through the Southwest. You know, we'd always go to, to California and like New Mexico, Arizona, all these places. The number, top two things we would do on these road trips, not Disneyland, not SeaWorld, not Legoland even, even though we did go there once. Uh, no, we would go to state capitals and every state and national park along the way. Imagine being like six years old and that's your vacation. You walk into a state capital, they all look the same, by the way, except for New Mexico. New, Mexi- New Mexico's is cool. Uh, but they all look the same, they're all boring, and all the, the national parks and state parks start to, to blur together. Uh, so did not appreciate the Grand Canyon, because it was hot and I was little and it was a lot of walking, I hated it. But I was on vacation with Mo, so at least I would get to hang out with my bro. Uh, if you can't tell, Mo's a few years older than me. He's uh, four years older than me. So he was the brother I never had, right? We're always close. Uh, on one of these vacations, uh, Mo, I just decided at some point in my little brain to copy literally everything he did. And the number one way that this came out was every restaurant we went to, I would order to the tea. The exact same thing as him. Uh, One of the important things to know about me at this age is that I was an insanely picky eater. I mean, like hot dogs, macaroni and cheese, and certain types of hot pockets. Like up until like nine years old, that's pretty much what uh, fueled me. Uh, That was the only food I ate. So. When I started copying Mo, uh, my food horizon grew dramatically. All of a sudden, it was like the first time I tried a burger. Uh, I didn't like it, uh, which is crazy. Uh, It was the first time I ever had chicken not in nugget form. Uh, it It was chicken enchiladas from Azteca that was the first time I had chicken that was not a nugget. I remember it vividly. I I always ordered cheese enchiladas, but I decided to copy Mo. I didn't even know what I ordered. I just said the same thing as him. And when I took a bite into it, I was like, what is this thing in here? This is weird. It's chicken. I didn't know what chicken tasted like. Uh, Yeah. But (laughs) I mean, I was trying all kinds of new foods and things that were out of my comfort zone. But uh, I was doing it because I was copying my my basically my brother Mo. Uh, I saw that he was cool, and I thought, well, if I want to be cool, I need to do everything like Mo does, uh, and in this case it 's a little bit weird and creepy, but uh, you know it was it was what I did. I was a little kid, monkey see monkey do right? I was a copycat. Uh, Mo was worth copying to me. I identified things in Mo that I wanted to see in my own life, right? And I identified that and he was worth it because he had those things. And I thought if I could act like him, then I would have those things too. Uh, and that actually, that principle is not that wrong. It's actually right. And that's actually what our letter tonight that we're going to read, this passage, this couple of verses from uh, this letter in Thessalonians, uh, that is exactly what Paul is getting across to this church. Um, And I just want to ask you a question before we read it, before we jump in tonight. Uh, Are you someone that is worth copying? Uh, Are you specifically, very specifically, are you someone that's worth copying if someone is looking to follow Jesus? If they were to look at your life and copy what you do, who you are, are you someone that's worth it to copy in order to, to follow Jesus? Because Paul, Timothy, and Silas, these three guys, these three missionaries, uh, because they set the right example, because they set a godly example for the people in the city in Greece, Thessalonica, uh, because they set that example, they were worth copying. And then in turn, these people in Greece, in Thessalonica, they too started to set an example for their neighbors, and they were worth copying, Uh, Let's read the passage. Let's put it up there, uh, and let's see what they're talking about. Starting chapter 1, verse 6, Paul says this, You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia." Achaia. The Lord's message ran out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere going on. Uh, Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. All right, in short, what's Paul saying? Like, regular terms. Paul can be confusing. Paul writes run-on sentences like the end there. Uh, what is he saying? Like, what's he talking to these people about? Uh, in short, he says, you guys remember how we were a good example? You're the good example now, right? You guys are doing a great job. You, you copied us. You, you modeled yourselves after us. You're doing a great job at following Jesus. So good of a job now. That everyone around you, all your neighbors, they're actually telling us about what a good job you're doing. We don't even have to ask them. They're just going up to us and telling us, like, dude, these guys over here, they're doing a great job. Uh, Paul's glowing. He's encouraging them. Uh, And and it's cool. It's awesome to see. This is an encouragement. Uh, And and so this is not just any example of they're doing a, a good job, but specifically... They're doing a good job of sharing the gospel and also living out the gospel, uh, and that's the part that I want to hone in tonight. Not so much uh, sharing the gospel, and don't get me wrong, uh, the the actual act of sharing the gospel, of going into a conversation with someone that you care about and explaining to them that that Jesus died for our sins. Uh, voice crack, I know. I heard that chuckle. Uh, The fact that Jesus died for our sins, sharing that with people is of the utmost importance. I'm not diminishing that at all. It is so important that we remember that. We need to get better at that. We need to practice doing that more. We need to be more aware of how we can do that. But tonight, what Paul is honing in is their action of being an imitator of Christ. This is honing in on everything that they're doing outside of explicitly sharing the gospel, but everything that they're doing to act in order to set themselves up to do that. If you follow Jesus as your Savior, if you've heard the gospel, you believe it's true for you, right? You've put your faith in Jesus' death. If you follow Jesus, right, do you desire to look more like him? To have your life look like his? It's a simple question, but it's one worth asking. I mean, ask yourself: Do I desire to look like Jesus? Matthew five fourteen to sixteen uh, reminds us these are Jesus' words, right? Jesus is speaking here, not just anyone. These are Jesus' words. He's telling us what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to desire. Here, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. For us, by copying Jesus' actions, looking at Jesus' life, what did he do? Uh, By copying his actions, uh, you're actually naturally given uh, opportunities to share the gospel to actually explicitly go and talk about what you believe and talk about the, the good news that Jesus uh, has died for us and is our savior. Um, people will recognize, when you model your life after Jesus, when you're changed, people recognize that you're different. We're, people are actually just hardwired, regardless of this, throw, throw all this concept out, we're just hardwired to spot differences, right? Have you ever kind of gone on vacation and like looked around and, and then you come home and you're like, that looks different. Right? You notice, like, something is different than what it was before. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, if you don't believe me, Ethan, this is, this is your story now. Don't believe me. Uh, Ethan and I, the first year that we went to Albania together, um, those of you that have been to Albania, do you know my nickname in Albania? Big China. Big China. I am not Chinese. I am Big China. Uh <laughs> So, my nickname is Big China in Albania. Uh, Again, I'm not Chinese. I'm half Korean. Uh, Man, my first year in Albania, I vividly remember this. Ethan and I are walking together. We're walking down one of the main streets, center of the city. Uh, In Albania, people, they just sit in coffee shops all day, and they're sitting outside and just looking at what's going on. Ethan and I go walking down this street. It's like my second day in this country. No lie. It feels like every single person that is outside or near a window is just doing this. As as we walk by, they're just going... They don't have a category for me and Ethan. Uh, First of all, Ethan doesn't fit into any, like, racial category to them. They've never seen an Ethan before. Ethan's, like, the darkest Vietnamese person I know. Uh, So, like, is he African? Is he Asian? Is he neither? Uh, They don't know what to do with Ethan. And then they look at me, and they're like, Asians are tiny. What is this dude? Uh... It's insane. Uh, Finally this year, by the way, Daniel went to Albania. And for some of them, I think he's the first real Asian they've ever met. Uh, And all the big China jokes went away because they met a real Chinese person. Uh, I taught them fake Chinese for years, by the way. Uh, It's probably immoral, but, you know, you gonna be racist, I'll be racist back. Uh, (laughs) Now, here's, here's the point of the story, though. Right When they saw me, and particularly when they saw Ethan, they immediately spotted a difference. They're like, you do not look like the rest of us. You don't belong here. There's something up. And then they watched. Uh, we were like a spectator sport to them. Uh, <laughs> go to Albania. Be a zoo exhibit. But... Uh, they, they notice, like, as humans, we're just hardwired. We spot differences. That's not a normal occurrence in Pogodets, Albania, to see a dark Asian and a tall Asian walking down the street. Uh, this is actually the same principle that Paul's talking about to the Thessalonians, is that uh, their neighbors noticed a defined difference in them from everyone else that they interacted with. Right, the rest of their community, the rest of, of the city, the country—they uh, noticed a difference of these Christians, these people that that were following Jesus. They saw them, and probably even before they knew that they were Christians, they identified that these people were weird, that they looked different, they talked different, they acted different. Uh, because the Thessalonians copied Paul, their neighbors took notice. Because their neighbors took notice, inevitably, it led to questions and conversations. And because of those questions and conversations, the Thessalonians were given an avenue, an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Uh, I think when we start talking about this, that logical progression of, right, when you're different, it will lead to conversations. Uh, If I were to ask you right now, how do you need to apply this in your life? Or what area could you uh, I think if you're like me, my mind kind of starts going to, uh, okay, so what are the new people? When I walk into school and I look different, what are some of the new people that are like, going to notice that I'll have conversations with that I never thought of? Uh, and yes, good and true, but think more. What if you were an imitator of Christ? What if you were a copycat? You started acting like him. The people that are most likely to notice first are your closest friends. It's the people that you're already around. Uh, they're the ones that are going to, to notice, like, hey, something's different. Uh, they didn't used to act like this. I know them pretty well. It's a little weird, what's up? Right, imagine when you get out of class, uh, you know, uh, what's passing period now, five minutes? We used to get 10, oh, y'all get 10? Five. Five is normal. You get 10 minutes. Gosh, it's like a lunch break between every class. Five minutes. So you get out of class, right? Five minute passing period. What do you do in those five minutes? Uh, It does not take five minutes to walk across any of your schools. Uh, What you do in those five minutes is you get out. You're either in a class with your friends, so you get out, you start talking with them, or you go and find your friends, and you immediately start catching up. You know, just talking about, did anything crazy happen in your class? You know, oh, well, my teacher, like, fell out of her chair. It was awesome. You know, like, you immediately start, you start talking. Uh, Think about, this is so small, but this is so big. Uh, Think about those five minutes. What can you do in that five-minute interaction with your closest friends that you talk with in between every class that will display that will show them that you're an imitator of Christ and will be something that they know is different? What can you do to show that you are loving towards them? Generous? Kind? Patient? Honest? uh, Caring? I mean, the honest definition of those words not a superficial way but a way that you really are loving generous kind patient what can you do in just a short five minute interaction that can show one of those qualities one of those traits when we kind of talk about we need to live like christ we need to look like christ it those are some of the traits that we talk about right you need to be loving to people you need to be patient you need you need to be generous uh and when we talk about living like Christ, we aren't just talking about explicitly sharing the gospel. That's definitely a huge part of it. Again, we need to go out and actually have the conversation of sharing the gospel with people. But a huge part of it is that, that we need to actually have these qualities, these traits as a normal part of our lives, as a normal part of our relationships, especially with those that we're closest with. Uh, these are the things that we do the 99% of our waking hours that are not spent sharing the gospel. And honestly, 1% is probably a little bit generous of our time spent sharing the gospel. Uh, is what I want to picture, right? Close your eyes just for a second. Clear your mind. Get this picture. Picture the bell rings. Whatever your bell sounds like. It's more like a a ding or, you know, like a gong now. But picture the bell rings. You throw your stuff in your bag, you zip it up, throw it on your back, get out of class, right? And now you're in the hallway, and you see your friend. You know who it is. You know who your close friend is, who you always want to see when you get out of class, who you're going to talk with, right? You're at the end of first period. You're meeting up with them before second. Uh, Conversation starts like normal, right? Hey, what's up? Hey, how are you? What happened? You know, normal things. What if you just simply, one thing, just simply said, hey, you know, I was just wondering, how are you really doing? How's life really going for you right now? Like, are you really good? Just one thing. You can open your eyes. Just one thing. It doesn't even have to be specifically that, but just one real question. One caring question, one loving question. How are you really doing right now? I think if you start asking honest questions, this is just one example. There's a lot of ways you can do this. But if you start asking some honest questions, people will notice. Uh, you, You don't just do the, hey, what's up? How are you? Good. Well, everyone says they're good. How often are people actually good? How often do you guys, when you say, hey, I'm good, are you really good? And you're usually just like I'm getting by. Nah, honestly, like today kind of sucks. Like I don't really want to be here, but said I'm good. Like <laughs> that's probably true more often than we think. So why don't we just go out of our way to kind of set up our conversations to actually hear out our friends what's going on with them? These are already people that we love. You're choosing to be around them. Clearly, you care about them. How about you? You do just a little step that maybe asks like, hey how are you really doing? Uh, one of the catches of this, right, is is if we start caring about what people think and what people see about us, we can start to become just like, hey, that's a really, like, cool guy. Like, he's really, he's awesome. We're like, hey, that girl's like, she's so sweet. She's just the sweetest, right? Isn't that funny? Like, guys are cool, girls are sweet, whatever. But uh, guys are never sweet. Um, but, you know, like, we don't want to be known as a really nice person, as a really good person. That's, that's actually not where the, this bus stops, right? We want to we blow right past that. If you uh, just are known as you're a nice person, then and, and you've only done half the job, right? All of this, all of this just thinking and being mindful of, of how people view you um, is with an expressed goal of sharing the gospel, right? You want to prove to someone that you care about them. You want to prove that, that you are genuine in, in how you treat them. Also, you want to prove that you're genuine in your faith and that the, the things that Jesus says to do you really believe because you're doing it. If you want to, to prove those things, it's not so that people look at you and praise you and think, wow, they're awesome. No, 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 no. It, it's with the goal of, I'm doing these things first and foremost because Jesus has changed my life. Right? If that's really true, if Jesus really has changed your life and you desire to become like him, then it's only natural that, that we should try to, to look like him, to listen to what he said and look at what he did and be like, oh, I should probably do that. Uh, but then second, it's so that when you actually have the conversation of trying to share the gospel with someone, uh, the fear that I'm not qualified or I'm not the right person or why would they believe me that actually can go out the window. Why would someone believe you? Well, because they know you really care. Because you wouldn't lie to them. If you really, really care, why would you openly lie about something that's such an important part of your life? And they'll see that. They may not receive it. They may not believe it too. But they'll see that. The whole fear of, I'm not the right person, or, or who am I to tell them, That gets to go out the window. We get to alleviate that fear. Man. I want this to be really concrete, really solid in your takeaway. Just think of what you can do tomorrow morning before first period, in between first and second period, whatever. What can you do tomorrow morning That will represent you as a follower of Christ. To be an imitator of Christ. Maybe it's, it really is just asking one of your friends, how are they really doing? And that just becomes normal for you. Uh, Initiate that conversation with your friend that you know has been struggling and asking them, hey, how are you doing with this? How can I pray for you? Man, praying for your friends and telling them that you're doing it is a great way to show that your faith is genuine and your care for them is genuine. Go out of your way, honestly, just to tell your friends that that you care about them, that you love them, you value them, and then show them. And remember, do it with the goal of understanding I'm building this relationship so that I can take the next step and share the gospel with them. Because I really do care about them, and I really do want them to have the same relationship with Jesus that I have. And, and if you're not there, I know some of you are probably sitting here going, hey, I don't even believe that. Then ask the person that brought you, or ask one of your friends, just why do you believe it then? Why do you think your life needs to look different than, than what's just considered normal? And make them feel a little bit uncomfortable. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, this is all with the goal. Everything is not just because it's good morals, because it's the right thing to do. No, it's all with the goal that Jesus has changed our life. And so we want to, to show uh, that. And we want to follow him and we want to obey him so that we can share it with others. Right? Uh, let's pray. We'll invite the band back, on, uh, back up on stage and uh, close in worship. God, again, just pray that, that the one simple truth, if nothing else, is that we recognize that you've called us to, to follow you and a part of following you is becoming like you. Uh, I pray that if anyone in here does not know you, has not uh, followed you, uh, I pray that you call them. Uh, call them to, to join your family to, to receive this gift of salvation the, that we so greatly need. Remind us that, that are in your family already, that have uh, begun to follow you. Just remind us of, of how important, how valuable that is. Uh, and I pray that in light of us recognizing how valuable it is to follow you, that, that we would become a model for our friends, become a model for uh, the people that we interact with of what it looks like to follow you and that they could look at us and, and see what uh, a changed life uh, of a follower of Jesus looks like. Help us do that. Give us strength. Give us encouragement. Give us accountability. Uh, but, but let this group not just be one that, that has fun, but let this group be one that uh, reaches our loved ones, God. Praise in your name. Amen.